right, a little late with Cassie Campbell, a little late out of the 9 o'clock break, but just douche a around here right now before we get to our Wednesday co-host. Just want to let you know about the Sports 1440 Watch Party coming up this Saturday. The Duke and I, I think low tide, maybe Schlemmer's going to come, we don't know. Battle of Alberta Watch Party at Century Sports Bar and Lounge. Uh, Century Casino on Fort Road. So it's this Saturday. It's the Oilers and the Flames. Game time's 8 o'clock. But come earlier. Come 5 o'clock and put your name in the draw for two tickets to the game. So we'll be drawing two tickets to the game for that night. You'll go right from Century uh, Casino and right to the Rogers Place to watch the Flames and the Oilers. And they'll also pick up your your sports bar tab. So uh, you can't lose on this. Then we'll change the draw barrel. We'll have new draws from 7 o'clock on. Over the course of the game, you can enter to win prizes from Century Casino, to win prizes from Sports 1440, and we'll have uh, game day food and beverage specials. Uh, I will be there. The Duke will be there. Will David Schlemko be there? Who knows? As we welcome in our Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out CougarCollision.com. What are you doing Saturday night, Schlemmer? Oh, I might make my way over there. There you go. All north side. That's my old stomping grounds there, you know? <laughs> That's your old stomping grounds right in that area? Like, oh, maybe not little, Fort you're Road, a little bit, per se. A little bit northwest of there, right? Yeah, I'm a little more Clearview. Clearview, yeah. But so. it's just a stone's throw, you know? So uh, you just kind of rolled in here, and you said you've had an interesting 24 hours. What's going on? I sure have. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's any HVAC expert uh, listeners out there, but I sure had a day yesterday. Uh, I had the, the sewer backed up, and uh, the, the curb switch wouldn't uh, shut off for the people to come clean out the septic tank so i got a huge hole in my front yard from the county and oh it's just a mess the whole neighborhood stunk all day i'm sure the neighbors hate me it's uh i thought yeah, i had I'm a not. whiff i thought i had a whiff in here but a lot of times i can't i can't tell if it's the duke coming from delburn and his uh, his, his his farm chores from the weekend or is his coming in from schlemmer yeah well, it definitely smelled like a farm in my neighborhood oh. yesterday but much better start to the day today so far much better start to the day well we're glad and you got everything kind of like in the process of cleaning up and yeah, getting things yeah, rolling everything's kosher now it's tough everyone when that happens like anytime you have a a problem like that well it's just straight panic right yeah. especially me like i don't know how any of this septic stuff works like i'm just straight panic <laughs> so you must have a duke does he got a sump pump in there he's got oh, a yeah, sump got, pump that goes out i got a sump yeah and that's is that in inside your house and it's pumping out to the yeah. yeah. And there's some kind of alarm that went off. It went, it went off in house. the middle of the night or what? It went off at like nine thirty on Monday oh. night. Yeah. Yikes! Right on Family Day. How was your good, Family Day? Good times. Come home. <laughs> you had to, did you do something special on Family Day? You come home and bang. Yeah, not really. So, oh. but uh, yeah, that was a good way to cap it off. Well, maybe you got like it's from uh, Meet the Parents. You got a cat and Jinx is flushing the toilet or something like that. <laughs> He's flushing. I don't know. Remember that Duke when they there was a big massive. Oh, there's that was a right classic before the wedding. movie. That's, yeah, right that's before a the good wedding. <laughs> he can't flush a toilet. He doesn't have opposable thumbs. <laughs> yeah, that was a classic movie. Uh, so we're a little behind the eight ball here, but just a quick comment on tonight's uh, Oilers Bruins game. Um, we were, we've been talking about it for two days, Schlemmer. People get jacked up when the Bruins come to town. And yeah. Maybe not as much as Toronto. It's just different feeling, but um, I kind of get that feeling tonight looking forward to the game. Yeah, me too. You know, it's like you said, it's the original six team and also just like a 
perennial contender. I mean, they've had mm-hmm. a really good team the last 10, 15 years, and they always seem to be in the mix in that Eastern Conference, uh, contending for the championship there in the regular season. And I think they've only put together one cup the, mm-hmm. over those years, but they're always in the mix. They're, they're a fun team to watch. They're a tough out. Who do you like watching on the Boston Blue Line? I love watching McAvoy. Yeah. Uh, Lindholm is really solid too. Yeah, I think um, he's underrated. What do you like about McAvoy's game? He does everything well. You know, uh, for for a skilled guy, uh, the guy a guy who moves the puck and skates as well as he does, he plays with a really nice edge too. He's physical, competes hard. Uh, I think he just brings a little bit of everything. How about Brandon Carlo? Here's a guy that sort of flies under the the radar a little bit, I guess, from because he's playing behind those guys, but he's plus twenty three this year. He's just you know steady, solid guy. He kind of he's like a right-handed Ekholm almost. Yeah, know? maybe not as much offensive talent, yeah. but because uh, Ekholm, he's I mean, still got a bomb though. Yeah, he's got a heavy shot from the point too. Every time, like I love when he's had three or four of those goals when he's crept in. Matthias Ekholm, we're talking about now, uh, to you know just inside the top of the circle from that far angle. Yeah, and he puts the, he picks that top right-hand corner glove side. And you're putting in a spot like a six by six spot, and he's made that shot several times. Yeah, and he he likes the slapper too. He does. Yeah, hey, he likes. It might not be a full full bloner, but he gives a he, good three quarter. He gets 80%. it off quick too. He gets it yeah. off quick. He gives her a good eighty percent. Uh, we're gonna have Marcel Rock coming up. Uh, I think we talked to you about curling. Did you you did you follow follow the Ferb Four? Yeah, back in the day. I, I mean, I remember Furby and the reason Kevin we Martin and yeah. back in the day. That's when I used to watch curling. What did we have? We had. I can't remember. We were talking the other day. Well, even I guess it was would have been yesterday with Nolan Thiessen when he was talking about playing with Kevin Cooey uh, back in the day. They were the like I said, they were the the fourth best team in the world and the third best team in Alberta. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> that's had, pretty wild. You know, you had Kevin Martin. I mean, he had some spectacular teams. Yeah. And the Ferb Four, Randy Furby, uh, his his rink was just phenomenal in the sense of where they. Yeah, um, what they were accomplishing and, you know, the, the cohesiveness and, you know, they had a lot of fun too. It was the reason we got kind of brought up and we were talking yesterday with the Duke about Marcel Rock that uh, we brought up Wes Montgomery's name. Uh, and Wes used to be an old reporter. Well, he's CFCW morning host and everything. Okay. But but Wes would visit uh, Moe's Sports Parlor as I did 20-some <laughs> oh, yeah. years ago <laughs> a few times a day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it was kind of, that's how we kind of got this going. And we'll bring that up with Marcel. So uh, when we come back, it'll be Marcel Rock, world curling champion. Now he's coach. He's coaching at the Scotties uh, with uh, Clancy Granny's team, who is five and one. So we will uh, check in with Marcel Shot Rock when we come back. Kevin Carries, David Schlemko, Sports 1440. Stay with us. Woo, all right, welcome back to the big program. Just before we get to Marcel Rock at 9.40, Louis DeBrusque at 10 o'clock, and Jimmy Murphy at 10.20. It's going to go in and out with David Schlemko here. Let's let her rip, Duke. Have you got to, oh, sorry, buddy. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> my fault. <laughs> okay, okay, you know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line, are you in or are you out? In or out of what? No time for questions, just action. In or out. Well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I thought you would go, I'm in, Bob. We would have had a really cool moment, but uh, you kind of ruined the whole thing. All right, Duke. Let her, let her buck. 
All right, Edmonton Oilers back in action tonight, hosting the Boston Bruins for the start of a five-game homestand to round out the month of February. Oilers have been outscored 14-6 to in the second period since the All-Star break. I'm saying that trend is going to continue, and they, uh, by the end of February, will still be outscored in the second period overall. Mm. So you're saying in these next five games that by the end of it, it's, they'll still be outscored? Like, Yeah, maybe let's, uh, that, that's obviously a big mountain to overclass. Let's say they'll still, uh, they'll still be outscored by at least five goals by the end of February in the second period. So you got Boston, Minnesota, Calgary, L.A., and St. Louis coming up here. Five games to close out the month. So, so you're saying the goal differential in the second period will be five or less? Five or more. Five or more. By the end, uh, end of the month. Yeah. Here. Okay, I'll go. I'm out on this one. I'll say that the uh, Oilers will tighten things up. Uh, defensively, they've only got, that's only four goals, Duke. So they only have to outscore their opposition by four in the second period. Have you watched them play in the second I period? I certainly this month? have, Duke. I certainly have. Uh, cause for concern, a little bit. Yep, but the the they know it's a cause for concern. So I think they can tighten things up. I, I think their goal differential in the second period will uh, tighten up considerably. So I'm out on this one. I'm with you, Kev. I'm also out on this one. Um, I, obviously the second period's been trash for them the last week or two, but, um, I mean, for me, they're professionals. It's a mindset thing, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to address it and they're not going to be winning games against teams like Boston if they take 20 minutes off. So yep. I think they're going to clean that up. Over the past seven games, the Oilers have, uh, won the second period or tied it three times. The teams that they, uh, tied with were... The Stars on Saturday, three okay. a, three apiece. Not exactly a tight ship hockey. They outscored the Ducks in the second period and tied in Vegas where they were both scoreless in the second period. Every other time outscored by uh, usually a margin of several to none thus far. It's going to be tight, Duke. It's going to be tight. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, the Boston Bruins are the Oilers' opponents tonight. Uh, and... Just as of last night, passed for the top of the division standings by the Florida Panthers, but still one of the best teams in the NHL despite losing Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Taylor Hall over the offseason. Uh, as a result, despite still sitting near the top of standings, I think they will acquire a top six forward uh, by this year's trade deadline. Go ahead, uh, Schlemmer. I am 100% in with you on Ooh. this one, Duke. Um, just thinking back to previous years, the Bruins always add a forward at the deadline when they're in a contender, which they seem to be every year. I'm thinking back, Taylor Hall, Foligno, all the way back to even Mark Recchi when they won the Cup. I, I think that's a given they're going to add a piece. I am 100% out on this one. Out, out, out. To lunch? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they have the assets to get a, get a number one pick. That is a pretty good point. No <laughs> no picks in the first three rounds this year. Mm-hmm. No second rounder next year. So, and uh, their prospect pool, not exactly one that knocks your socks off. So they the only guy that I could see maybe teams sniffing around, I guess, a little bit, maybe is the guy that just got got called up, uh, Justin Brazil. Mm-hmm. Bigger body, like massive body. He's a he's a monster. Six foot five, two forty five. There isn't anyone on in the Bruins farm system that is knocking your socks off. Mason Lorai. Who? Mason Lorai. Lorai. And like would would you think about moving like if the deal was there, like is Potra somebody you would trade to bring in someone a little more established to play in the top six? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's hurt right now. Like he's not playing. 
Yeah, I, don't, I, I kind of forgot about him. But um, <laughs> I'm just saying, no, I'm out. I don't think they have the assets to do it. They, I don't think they have. When that's you fair. don't have any that's picks next point. year, so the guys that they have in their farm system right now, they need to stay the stay the course. Keep these guys in the system. Got to still feel. Got to still develop them. You know. <laughs> so I'm going to be. I'm out. I'm out on that one, Duke. Because when you compare, say, like a Ken Holland to the deadline, he likes to acquire players with term. Usually, mm-hmm. right? Not can't always get what you want, but Matthias Ekholm, uh, a good case there. The the Bruins, because of lack of assets, cannot afford to pay for a player with term. Like they'd be looking at a pure rental, and even if it's next year's like first round pick, this this is a team that is clinging on to you know Brad Marchand. Um, the rest of the team is relatively young, right? So it's kind of weird that they're still like continuing to reload on the fly. They tried to do it last mm-hmm. year with Bergeron and Krejci. Worked well in the regular season. They came up short in the playoffs. But like, I just don't think they can go into the, despite the success they've had, their current top six of DeBrusque, Zaka, Pasta, Downton Heinen, Charlie Coyle, and Brad Marchand. And you can, I mean, like, JVR yeah. takes turns up there, even guys like Frederick sometimes. But like, that top six does not inspire Stanley Cup champion. Boston Bruins again it's the term you, you mentioned term uh, they don't have the assets the only rental guy that I could have seen them going after was Gensel yeah like no one even expects them to be in a playoff spot at the start of the year they're doing it somehow they they Looking are forward to a Leafs Bruins first round matchup again <laughs> uh number three is still on the topic of the trade deadline we saw the New Jersey Devils lose again last night uh, only giving up 26 shots on net but six goals uh, one of those was an empty netter for uh, the Capitals, if my memory serves me correct. But either way, the Devils, they still want to keep themselves in the mix. They are the team with the most glaring need at the deadline, and it is a legitimate number one goaltender. Kev? Yeah, I think you're probably right on this one. I'm going to go, I mean, it was funny. Uh, what's his name? Daw had a, uh, Dawes? Yeah. Had a great game last week. He made two highlight, highlight real saves, and everyone's going, we found our guy, we got our guy. <laughs> we don't have to make anything. The whole Markstrom thing blew, blew up on whoever sided blew up on i think it's probably more new jersey than calgary i i i just they have a, a decent team but their their goaltending is just abysmal so i would say yeah your number you're right here uh, duke i'll go the biggest glaring need uh, ahead of anyone as far as when you're looking at contenders adding pieces uh, a, a team maybe on the outside knocking on the door it is new jersey they need to to, to make a trade here for a goaltender I, I think cyrus is out of the mix now nashville's playing better cyrus yeah. didn't even play last night in vegas uh so i think he's out of the mix as far as a trade deadline acquisition goes so i think markstrom i think that will be revisited in jersey so the price for Markstrom keeps going up. That's what you're saying. Well, I think it would now, but again, I I, I don't know why the, the by all accounts everyone's saying that the trade was almost a done deal. So what happened? Like did, right. does does Markstrom not have some um is he like protection? no movement? No no did, movement. Did he nix it? I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Um anyways, yeah, I think full, I'll, full I'll, no move. Pardon uh, me, sorry, uh, Schlemmer for, uh, for Markstrom. Okay, um, I'm going to go in as well. Maybe a little bit of an asterisk. I think you could say the same thing about Carolina. Had some inconsistent goaltending and maybe have a better shot at making a deep run. But uh, yeah, I'll go in. I'll go mm-hmm. in with you. They've been very inconsistent. Their goaltending this year. Devils currently seventh in the league for goals allowed. 
teams below them, San Jose, Columbus, Chicago, Anaheim, Montreal, no surprise. But a little bit of surprising in the sixth spot, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes. Three more goals allowed. Uh, of course, they were without Andre Vasilevsky. For but he the hasn't first. been any screaming he's, at all. He's been, uh, he has not looked like the same guy, at least on a consistent basis. We've, yeah. of course, seen flashes of it. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think the Devils would be pretty wise to go out and, and get somebody while they're still in the mix because this is a team that's supposed to, you know, keep taking steps forward after their yeah. big uh, big surprise first-round win last year. A uh, bit of a unique one for number four for you guys. I'll uh, give a little more context to it. So Nikola Jokic at the Colorado Avalanche game last night with his family, taking it in, watch them beat the Canucks to send Vancouver to a third straight loss. Of the pro teams all in the same city, so in Denver, it would include the Avalanche, the Nuggets, the Rockies, and the Broncos. If you Does it t- have to be Denver? So No, no, but the, the, oh. I'm just giving the example. Okay. So any team with a collection of major sports teams, if you could pull one athlete off of one team and put them on another, I'm thinking Jokic onto the Avalanche. Okay. Or even, what about <laughs> what about if you put Nikola Jokic in at tight end for the Broncos? Okay. <laughs> like, I, like this guy, he doesn't look like an athlete, you but then you watch you, him play. No, you got to stay with your question. Would be the best ad for an NHL team. Okay, all right, there yeah, we go. Yeah. Best yeah. ad for an well, NHL we, yeah, team. Okay, so well, we can we're talking Jokic as a, fo- as a power forward. Power okay. forward? Yeah. yeah, him parked in front of the net? Nobody's going to see anything. Yes. I mean, I'm just going with, I've been on a lot of, like, teams in the South where we're, <laughs> <laughs> some of these guys have come and tried to skate. <laughs> And they cannot even stand up yeah. on skates. So I'm going to go a little out of the box here and say Steve Nash when he was with the Suns. Oh, there you okay. go. The Coyotes. <laughs> Pretty easy to crack that, uh, crack that Coyotes roster, too. Hey, Was he still with the Suns when you were there? Uh, at the start, I think. Yeah, he was, just right. Yeah. Okay. Guys that, okay, that could go on to play a little bit of hockey, the only, like, Tom Glavin was drafted by the Kings. Oh, that's he's, a good one. He used to pitch for the Braves, so I don't know if we can classify him. But, and this is a shot at one of, one of Schlemmer's former teams. <laughs> so, and it's similar city, but because the team used to play in the old Cow Palace, I'm going to use it. Okay, I'm going to go uh, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, from the San Francisco 49ers to the San Jose Sharks because okay. it's similar. He could probably make the team. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's a lot of great players in San Jose, but that's why kind of little job. I, I agree with you, Schlemmer. I mean, Minute Bowl, I think, was the funniest one when he yeah. strapped on the blades. Yeah. He could, you know. How they even get skates that big? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, who was it? Larry Fitzgerald from the Cardinals came out uh, oh, in did Phoenix. He? I, I remember times. seeing that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was that? You were there? Yeah. And? It, it was tough. Is it, here, here's a question, Slimer. You've seen it firsthand. Like, you watch these guys on the field, on the court, whatever, and they are like these top level pristine athletes. After watching them, like, like a five-year-old child out on their skates, mm-hmm. like leaning there. around, <laughs> yeah. you know, leaning on the stool or on the, the skate trainer. Does it kind of like take something away from what you think of them as an athlete after seeing that at all? I mean, not really when you can see what they can do. I mean, I guess it gives you a little yeah. more appreciation for how hard hockey is compared to yeah. other sports. Miles texted, and we did discuss this, but I thought it was current players. Yeah. So, so uh, we, we talked about J.J. Watt. In the break, the possibility, yeah. because he can skate. Well, he grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, it's if there's a place that uh, you grow up playing hockey no matter what. And I saw this little feature, um, Taylor Heisey, uh, first overall pick and currently playing for Minnesota in the PWHL. She grew up playing mm-hmm. basketball. Like She was a basketball family in Minnesota. 
But then because it's Minnesota, you start picking up hockey, and now she's one of the top up-and-coming players, top players overall, first overall mm-hmm. pick, for goodness sake, uh, in the PWHL. So, I mean, hey, versatility, uh, a good asset to be able to do multiple things. But I agree, Schlemmer, like the perspective it gives you on how hard skating is realistically like if yeah. you don't if you don't do it from when you're a kid right it's just different right montana to rice texan nhl players can play other sports i totally agree other athletes have no chance playing hockey it's a, it's that simple we've seen many many instances it's the truth this goes back to my uh, question from the all-star weekend about getting the celebrity one going like we at the nba when we saw cj stroud mm-hmm. uh, micah parsons won game mvp he was yeah. a monster out there but like could we get any of those guys playing the NHL All-Star game? No, because it would be yeah. a disaster and not entertaining at all. Would it would be funny, a though. A celebrity game <laughs> still would be good. Just imagine guys just running Bieber. You know, <laughs> yeah, that would be good. <laughs> get out of the way, I'm busy. Uh, all right, last one for you guys. Uh, this, uh, this day in 1974, Tim Horton, uh, Maple Leafs legend and, of course, founder of his own restaurant chain, passed away in a car crash uh, in his memory. Coming to the famous Tim Hortons donuts uh, or donuts in general, there is none as good as the maple dip. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, I'm out on this because I'm going with the Boston cream. Is that a, does that, that classify? Oh, as a, oh no, yeah. yeah. So no, for me, it's the Boston cream. You got to have that you something like the in the inside. Hey. Yeah, something yeah. inside. It's like a surprise, right? You know, you don't know. <laughs> but you know it's there. It's yeah, a surprise. But you know, you nice no. But you treat. have that first bite, and you're going, okay. Well, I didn't get any of the Boston cream, so it's obviously on the other side. You know, they've they've squeezed it into the other side. <laughs> How about, uh, how, how about this from Eddie Steele before he yeah. answer? <laughs> Eddie Steele's not happy. Hockey players are robots. <laughs> Straight line athleticism only. <laughs> We've seen Eddie out on the blades. He yes. could keep yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, he could skate. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that comment. So this should though. be Eddie's. This is Eddie's question too with the donuts. Yeah, I'm a big donut guy actually. So I'm not I'm gonna be out on the maple dip. I also love Boston cream, big honey cruller guy. Apple fritter. Those are all Holy those God. are all definitely in my like top um, five probably. But yeah, I'm a I'm a Grandin Bakery guy in St. Albert over Tim Hortons. Wow. Best yeah. donuts <laughs> good, in the league. Good, good yeah. choice. There you go. Uh one other one. That this was like my favorite when I was a kid. I think I kinda grew out of it, but like the jelly donut. With the powder, powder oh, icing. I was, I was never that guy. Really? Oh, yeah. but the problem was that my. I think my mom tried to steer me away from it because if like we'd order it on the way to hockey or on the way home, just <laughs> yeah, make a, just mess a mess in the back seat of the car. Sticky everywhere. Back of mom's uh, mom's yeah. Ford uh, Ford Freestar. Yeah, that was good. Uh, good stuff, Duke. We're gonna have Marcel rocking, but the uh, ski report. I guess we got to get to that in a second here. But Marcel Rock will join us. Uh, world curling champion coming up after the break. We'll have. Louis DeBrusque at 10 o'clock and Jimmy Murphy from Boston Hockey now at 10.20. First up, here's the Duke with the Ski Report. This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your Ski Report for Wednesday, February 21st, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. There may not be any snow in your backyard, but there is snow out in the mountains and local ski areas. Jasper pretty much fully open with the knob chair, Trey Ombres, and Eagle East all ready to ride six centimeters overnight out at Marmot. In Banff, the last 24 hours, Sunshine Village has had one centimeter of fresh snow, Louise two, and Northway three. 
Nikiska, no new snow in the last few days, but Castle Mountain has piled up five over the past 48 hours. Fernie, seven centimeters in the last day. Kimberly and Panorama each with a pair of centimeters in the last 24 hours. At Kicking Horse, they received six centimeters and 14 centimeters at Revelstoke in the last day. Looking deeper into BC in the Kootenays this weekend, Whitewater by Nelson is holding their Cold Smoke Powder Fest this Friday to Sunday. It's an event that celebrates all things related to ski and snowboard culture with demos, clinics, and competitions for your pleasure. The snow should be good too with Whitewater getting 5 centimeters the last 24 hours and lots more expected over the weekend. All local ski slopes are open and in good shape. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Uh, you can't get a better intro for our next guest than that song. Uh, time now to uh, elevate your game. Brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Forbes, best rated residential elevators manufactured right here in Edmonton. Visit TrustRam.com for more information as we welcome in world champion curler, Marcel Rock. Morning, uh, Marcel. Long time no talk. How's it going, big fella? Good, Kevin. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Good. Yeah. How are you? Doing great. Did you like your intro song? From Paul Simon. Yeah, love me like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, let's just start. Let's start at the Scotties. So you're coaching with the Clancy Grandy's BC team. How did that come about for you? And uh, just touch on uh, the success that you guys have had, uh, you know, coming into the Scotties and then this week so far. Um, it was a, a last minute kind of thing. I had uh, walked away from Rachel's team there a couple of years ago and, um, was enjoying kind of my own weekends and figuring out what normal people have on weekends, which is fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, in about November 24th, uh, we got together the Canadian Curling Association. This team finished top five teams in Canada last year, so they had a little bit of support from Curling Canada, and and uh, they called me and asked me if I'd help this young team out because they didn't really have solid coaching they didn't they, they're trying to do all the right things and they're going at it full time and they're all really young and they weren't having the success this year so we had some meetings and i said we have to have a training weekend to see if you can handle me and see if i can handle <laughs> you guys <laughs> i'm i'm kind of you know i'm pretty straightforward and i, I want to see things done a certain way and and uh I want to see people that I work with succeed. So, you know, you you have to know if you can you can handle it or if, if everyone's got to be dealt with kid gloves, then I'm probably not the right guy. <laughs> uh, we got uh, former NHLer David Schlemko co-hosting with, uh, with us this morning on Wednesdays. Marcel, he's got one for you. Hey, Marcel, how you doing? Morning, David, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, just for some of our listeners who not, might not be uh, maybe huge curling fans, I'm... And for myself as well, I guess. Um, what does the coach bring um, on, uh, on the curling side? Um, are you guys kind of involved on a shot-by-shot basis, or is it more kind of strategy in between games, or how exactly does that work? Yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, when I worked with Chinese teams, I had like seven teams, and I figured out at that point that the event itself, like what I'm doing here, yeah, you can help out a little bit. But my big influence would have happened like the – the the weeks leading up to this event the training that that okay. you know when the practice with the training stuff that you do that's where you can really impact the 
the the system, if you want to call it that, or impact the technical right. aspect of each player and um, rock management issues and stuff like that. So since I got together with these girls on November 24th, um, we've put in close to 100 hours on ice. Mm-hmm. And so their trajectory changed uh, changed you know enormously and and uh, they're they're. You know they're young, but we're playing we're playing way better than they were all year. Mm-hmm. Marcel Rock with us, Kevin Carries, David Schlemko, Sports fourteen forty. Uh, Marcel, you kind of said that maybe you couldn't handle them with kid gloves. Did did this Clancy Grandy rink need a little you know a, a kick in the in the backside or something? It's not so much a kick in the backside. It's a it. Uh, you know they're trying to be a professional team because there's professional teams out there now and they play full time. And, and when Randy and I and Dave and Scott kind of, uh, did this, like we went full time, we walked mm-hmm. away from our jobs and we had mortgages and kids to pay and all this. And, and, and we went full time. So the model has changed around the world. You got the Koreans that are run by their military system and you've got, you know, Japanese that are fully funded and, and Scotland's fully funded and Switzerland. And you got these teams, Sweden, that are traveling and, and training and playing all the time. So what happens in Canada is you, you, you know, many teams can't, can't do this. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, some of the teams uh, live in different cities. Well, that, in my opinion, if we want Canada to get back on top, this has got to change. And so the notion of a team going full-time and being able to, you basically move your luggage to the next next event, train before the next event at that at that city or wherever that tournament's going to be, and then you play that tournament and rinse and repeat. So these girls had the commitment to do that, but what they didn't understand was the work in between. Mm-hmm. They, they they weren't training appropriately or properly between events, and so as a result, their their success is based on the Canadian team ranking system points, and they weren't getting many points. They weren't succeeding in tournaments, so they would instead of train, they would add another tournament to see if they could get a better result. Add another <clears throat> tournament to see if they could get a better result. And if gotcha. you keep doing the same thing the same way, you you're not going to get any different results. Right. So I, I, you know, if I would have been with them in the beginning, in, in July we're setting a schedule and saying, okay, we're going to play a couple, we're going to train, we're going to play a couple, we're going to train, we're going to prepare for this event, and you reverse engineer the amount of time you need to prepare, like the Scotties or the Provincials, mm-hmm. where we spent two weekends in a week. So it's a 10-day kind of, 10 or 11 days is what I need to, to, to get a team prepared for these big events. Hmm. And uh, they'd never they'd never done that before, so they went through their provincials like incredibly well. And just speaking to them, they had confidence the previous year because this is the second time they've won and gone. But they, in in meetings afterwards, they said their confidence was was very different this year. Last year they got their confidence because they had done well in some events. This year they got their confidence because they knew they were prepared and and we trained really hard and they, and they knew they were playing well. Yeah, that's so awesome. A game of confidence, right? It, you know, the coach, you can't do much here. We get one <laughs> one minute timeout in a game. Yeah. Oh, is that all you get? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. So if they're <laughs> if they you know you know if they're in trouble, they'll call out and say help. All right. But that that happens once and you got a minute and you got a speed talk. So 
Okay. At the end of the day, you know, we're preparing before games, setting game plans, and and then debriefing after and talking about what's going well, what's not, where we can adjust. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my real work comes prior to in preparation. And as, so as far as being able to work full-time to get that competitive edge, I mean, I'm guessing when you were in your prime, you guys relied heavily on sponsorships, but is there a, like a funding issue or a sponsorship issue or what's the hurdle that these Canadian curlers need to get over to be able to go full-time? Well, I think, I think the pool of money that the Canadian government puts in is equal to other countries. I don't think it's any different. The problem here is that we have, you know, arguably six or seven men's and six or seven women's teams that, could potentially win the the Olympic trials and and represent our country or or win the Scotties here. There's like three or four perennials that are always there. Like Einerson's won it the last four times, Holman before that and Jones before that. And so I mean there aren't many variables there, but there's still we're we're looking at funding uh, uh, say six five teams. Five teams on the women's side, five teams on the men's side. Well, that pool of money dissipates a lot quicker right. um, compared to other countries that'll put most of the money in one and then a little bit of money in a developmental team, the second wave. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we determine who's going to go. They're looking at changing all this, and that's why I said yes to work with this young team because I honestly believe this is the, this is the, the only future that we have as a country to... To, to eventually get back onto the podium. Mm-hmm. Marcel Rock with us. Kevin Carius, David Schlemko, Sports 1440. Draw number 13 at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts is well underway in Calgary. Tough go so far for Alberta's Selena Sturme coming in with a record of 5-0. and She's down 6-1 to Krista McCarvel out of Northern Ontario, who is sneaky, sneaky good. Uh, draw 14 this afternoon will feature Marcel Rock's team that he coaches. Uh, Grandy out of British Columbia. Clancy Grandy with a record of 5-1 and one against one of the old teams that you coached, Rachel Holman, 5-0. and oh. So this is a battle for first place uh, in the pool. What do you make of this? Uh, this is going to be a doozy this afternoon, Marcel. Well, hopefully. I mean, we. Uh, I'm really proud of these girls. They're, they're young. And uh, I know we you look at the scoreboard that we got beat against Jones and, and it was an awful thrashing. But uh, the first uh, half of that game, we had we should have been up 3 nothing, or at least by three points. Uh, we missed an open hit for two. Uh, we hit and rolled out. So you leave points on the table against these good teams. And then if you kind of lose a little confidence or get a little shaky and, and they make you pay along the way. Yeah. And then another one, we're, sh- we're shooting for two and we rubbed a guard and gave him four. So that's... The- <laughs> that's kind of the way that went after this in the second half. So I just hope that, you know, there's not much I can do uh, in terms of preparing these girls any better. And I know Rachel's prepared Mm because I've worked with her for a long time. I know they're ready and she's really rolling. So I know uh, all their tendencies. I know the tendencies we have. We have, do we have the game to, to, to beat them? I think we have a game to keep up with them. Uh, a couple little breaks here and there. Can we beat them? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you got to prove that. And, and in any sport, I guess, you know, yeah. you got the Oilers that on paper look like they could, they could do a whole bunch of damage for a lot of years now. And you got to learn to win almost. Yeah. And I know, I, I, 
I don't know how to explain that. I'm sure we've been trying, and people have been trying to explain that for a long time. But until you really learn to win and have the belief that you can win, and 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 all the little details and the and the work that goes into that win, it's it's uh, it's not easy. So mm-hmm. I hope for a good game for two reasons. Number one. Um, because I think these young girls need that. Our future needs that in this country. So I want them to have a, a good outing today. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, when I left Edmonton, I kind of said six and two should give us third place. Mm-hmm. So so if we lose this game and we win our last one, we're, we're in third place. Mm-hmm. So the trajectory is exactly what I predicted. Uh, if we beat Holman, uh, Jones, that was a bonus. If we beat Holman, it was a bonus, but it wasn't an expectation. So you go out against the top teams, and you know you, you got to just see what happens. But you got to try to be better than the, than the next part of it, and then have your great weekend uh, the last weekend where you put everything together and throw the kitchen sink out there at everyone, and and hopefully you're going really well. Marcel Rock with us on Sports 1440. Well, we've talked about your curling career, um, you know, a lot of times over the years, uh, having a few pops over at Moe's Sports Parlor. I'm going to ask you one question about that in a second. But <laughs> <laughs> what, what about just the fact that the, the great success you had with the Ferb Four, Marcel, with the, the, the Briar Championships, the, the big one here in 05, and then the, the World Championships uh, in 05 and 03 and 02. Uh, but... Now you guys go into the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. We had Randy Furby on in November when it was announced. Uh, what's that mean to you, to, a kind of a culmination of what you four accomplished for so many great years? Yeah, it it was a magical experience. We kind of underestimated it. We didn't really know. Um, but then when we got there and saw how few people are in there and how difficult it is, the process to, to get selected, and then to know, like I can name every curler in there. There aren't that many, so it was it was really special. But you know, I don't I don't know if Randy mentioned this, but it, for us going in as a team meant so much more. And uh, I ran into Colleen Jones this weekend, and she said, "Congratulations, she's in there." Mm-hmm. And she said, "Oh, I just so wish we would have went in as a team." And so for us, it was always about uh, sharing credit with our teammates. And and I'm not here coaching right now without. Team Furby, like I learned, uh, I learned everything from Randy and Dave and Scott, and we put this thing together. And the accolades go out to my teammates, even now in coaching. I mean, last night, I, I yesterday, I was on the bench, and I kind of started twiddling around with a different tactic. And and uh, first phone call while I was actually texting Randy and talking to him <laughs> while we we're playing the game because I can't do anything as a coach anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm. Uh, talking about this potential strategy that we can kind of try and start to implement and lo and behold he texted me this morning he said damn marty he said i i was up till 3 30 at night thinking about this stupid <laughs> stuff and he said you got me blah blah and it, it's quite a it's quite a rant but anyways i phoned him this morning and i was laughing and saying see what this stupid game does to us. can't sleep at night and we're thinking about all kinds of stuff but but the credit goes to my teammates yeah. and uh and and uh you know i'm not i'm not uh unaware of the fact that i am where i am because of my teammates and and what we learned i trained teams the exact same way we trained in 19 in uh, 2002 mm-hmm. we went full time 
And I do the exact same thing. I mean, what else can you do? There's only so many hours in a day, and and we used a lot of those hours preparing. So. Yeah, you know, and the reason you guys were so successful and popular, you, I mean, you hung, you'd have a beer with the guys after the fans, and you, you, we went to Mo's. I mean, I don't know how many times we had beers in there and and stuff like that, or in the patch, and that was just part of what your guys' persona was. But the one question I had: when you change, remember you change your autograph. And it was from, yep. and just let our listeners know about how that kind of went about. And it's, you know, obviously 20 years ago or whatever it is. So, well, it's, it's, it's a story that goes actually quite far back. I was playing with Don Walchuk in the early nineties and it was pre free garden zone. So that was back in the day where you'd hit everything in sight. <laughs> so it took a, a good skill to do it, but it was boring as heck to, to watch it. Uh, anyways, we went to Smithers, uh, to, to play in a bond spiel and uh and uh, i was playing lead in my first rock i put in the forefoot and it was the last end and uh they needed to score two so they ignored it and then i guarded it and got and then we guarded it guarded it guarded it i ended up winning the game it was shot rock <laughs> so kevin park uh yeah who had just come off of winning with Kevin Martin at the Albertville thing and all, mm-hmm. all that kind of, that team. Anyways, uh, Kevin Park said, Marcel shot rock. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how I got the nickname. A lead gets shot rock to win a, to, to qualify in a bond spiel. <laughs> so the nickname stuck from there. And then anytime people ask for an autograph, I just put Marcel shot rock uh. and I, it's kind of just stuck. Well, it's cool. <laughs> you know, I love talking to you, Marty. It's been great. to really enjoyed our uh, few minutes here. Uh, enjoy this afternoon's game. It's going to be a good one between uh, Holman and Grandy. Uh, best of luck, best of success to you. Always one of the best. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, cheers, and uh, you guys have a great day. Yeah, that's uh, Marcel Shot Rock. Three-time world champ, four-time Briar, now coach for Clancy Grandy's BC team at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts in Calgary. And that was uh, Elevate Your Game by Ram Elevators and Lifts, manufacturing the safest elevators since 1987. Check out TrustRam.com. They've got everything you need for a lift or an elevator or whatever you need. A lot of guys getting those lifts on the stairs now. You know, people are getting up there at ages. So uh, check out Ram Ram Elevators and Lifts at TrustRam.com. When we come back, Louis DeBrusque will be with us. Louis. Big Lou, he's on his way to the rink, I think. He'll be listening as well. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Almost thought it was Tuesday, Duke. Uh, All runs and lifts are open and ready for family fun seven days a week. Uh, Visit snowvalley.ca for details. Here is the Duke.